Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Baseball has to expand. It has to expand. There needs to be, baseball needs to do, and I've talked about this before. They've signed the collective bargaining agreement. Great. So there's not going to be any work stoppage. Now, I am a fan of interleague play, but I'm a fan of interleague play as a novelty around the midway point of the season. I like the fact that around the midway point of the season, there are some games and some matchups that you wouldn't normally see. Because it's a 162-game schedule and mixing things up with the Mets, Yankees, Cubs, White Sox. But also, you'll see like the Orioles play the Pirates or some other combination of teams that is kind of fun will happen. And it's for a few weeks and it happens and purists take a dump in their pants and everyone else says, oh, look at that, it's a nice, fun game. It's not fair that they play this team and this other team doesn't get to play them. There's lots of things that aren't fair. It's not fair when some of the teams played the Los Angeles Dodgers when Clayton Kershaw was injured and other teams played them when they had him healthy. It's not fair that some teams got off to a great start and then fade off and other teams got off to a slow start and, and catch fire for the teams that only play the teams when they were terrible and the other teams play them after they make the great trades. There's nothing about fair. Stop talking fair. Holy crap. You know, is, is, is there anything more overrated than that's not fair? Win your games and shut up. You know, the Chicago Cubs didn't get home field advantage in the World Series because of the whole all-star game determining home field advantage in the World Series. You know what they did? They won game seven of the World Series on the road. Sometimes you just win your games and shut up. But I, I've liked interleague play as a novelty. I'm not crazy about interleague play happening every single day. And there's two ways to stop interleague play from being an everyday event. One is you expand. You make 32 teams. And that way you don't have that, you know, it's right now at 30 teams. So if there's 15 and 15 in each league, that means there's one matchup has to be interleague play just by mathematics. If you make it 16 and 16, then you can have matchups between just the leagues and not have to do interleague play every single day. And you just make it that special thing that happens, you know, sometime in, in June and August. There you go. Of course, the other thing you can do is you move Houston back to the National League where they belong I still can't get used to Houston being in the American League. They are one of the teams that absolutely represented the National League in my head, and it still feels weird seeing them in the American League, but I digress. Baseball, we know, is not going to have a labor stoppage at the very least for the next five years. Baseball, as we know, is continuing to make a lot of money. 
It's a multi-billion dollar industry. And baseball, as we know, is tapping into many new markets, not just for eyeballs and revenue, but also you're seeing that there's going to be more players coming in from Cuba, more players coming in from Asia, and maybe, just maybe, they can start convincing some of the mothers and fathers who are a little worried about sending their kids to college to play football and get their brains scrambled and say, hey, you know what, maybe your kid can take up baseball. You know, I really think eventually you're going to see a move away from football to other sports in America, which I actually think it'll lead to the rise of soccer in America. More and more of the better players becoming soccer players than football players. But I think that's a generation away from happening. But either way, there are a lot of places to get players, to find players, to develop players, and to keep the product at a very high level. And this has been, I've said this on the podcast before, the longest time we've had between expansions since the first expansion in 1961. The first expansion was in 1961 as a, well, as a response to the, the threat of the Continental League, which is going to be a major league that was going to take on the purse strings of the major leagues, and they were going to put a team in New York, and because there was only one team in New York then, only the Yankees existed at that point, as the Dodgers and the Giants had moved on at that point. And with that threat, they expanded. They put an American League team in Los Angeles. They put uh, the, the Washington Senators moved to Minnesota, and they put a new team in Washington that were called the Senators, who eventually became the, the Texas Rangers. And then they expanded a new team in New York, called the Mets, and a new team in Houston called the Colt 45s, and they would be renamed the Houston Astros. Baseball put the American League in California and expanded into Texas. And with that in mind, those expansions were 1961-1962. The next expansion was in 1969 with Kansas City, Seattle, which became Milwaukee, uh, Montreal, which became Washington, and San Diego, which almost became Washington. The next expansion was in 1977. The new team in Seattle, the the Mariners, and the Toronto Blue Jays. We went 15 years between expansions until the arrival of the Marlins and the Rockies in 19, after the 1992 season. Their first season was 1993. And then it was five years later that the Rays, or the Devil Rays then, the Diamondbacks were created. So the last expansion, if this is 2017, was 19 years ago. We've had 19 years of the exact same number of teams. And with that, new markets, new ways to make money and everything like that, uh, it's ripe for expansion. It's not like they've been overexpanding recently. They have to do two things. They have to figure out the Oakland A's stadium situation, and they have to figure out the Tampa Bay Rays stadium situation. Because if they can't get their act together there, then you have to consider moving them to other locations. Now, as it stands, Montreal really, really wants to show that they were basically screwed over and they could support a new team in Montreal. There's a lot of reason to think that they can.
There's a lot of reason to think that Vancouver possibly can. There's a lot of reason that people think that maybe San Antonio can't. There's a big problem of trying to put a team in Charlotte and in Nashville because they just built AAA stadiums there that don't have the, well, the footprint to expand it to a major league ballpark. And it probably wouldn't be the most popular thing for taxpayers to say, hey, you know that multi-million dollar stadium we just built? Well, we're going to knock it down. We want you to pay for another one. The Expos could play in the ballpark in the Stade Olympique while they build a new place. The team in San Antonio could possibly play in the Alamo Dome. There has been some talk and you know, then I'll believe it when I see it about maybe doing something in Mexico City, maybe Monterey. I don't see that happening. But it's interesting that an article that I was going through, thumbing through from Fox Sports earlier this year, brought up a city that I hadn't really thought of. Had, you know, of all the times I've done this, and I said, Portland, you know, your pal Sully would love to live in Portland. And if they ever expanded into Portland and your pal Sully lived there, I might become a Portland fan. And some of these other guys, well, it makes sense to put a team in Charlotte. It makes sense to put a team in Nashville. It makes sense to put a team in San Antonio. It makes sense to put a team in Montreal. But why didn't I think of Austin? This article written, when the hell? This was written a few months ago. And it was written by, drumroll please, uh, J.P. Morosi back in February brought up Austin as a potential team. And I'm going to quote the article right now. Austin is a haven for tech firms and startups and the millennials who MLB wants to capture through its marketing efforts. It's only, it's the, it is a growing fan base. It's a growing market. It's right now the 39th television market, and according to Nielsen, according to this article. Um, but it keeps in mind that it also is um, near enough to San Antonio that it would be able to draw from that as well. As Austin is growing faster than San Antonio, has a younger, kind of cooler crowd there. And keep in mind another factor that happens in cities like San Antonio, like Sacramento, and hell, just down the 101 the other way in San Jose. When the Sharks were formed as an NHL team here in the Silicon Valley, believe me, they were not coming to a hockey-rich community. They were not exactly in a place where people were like, oh man, let me tell you something. When I think hockey, I think Silicon Valley, and I think of San Jose. But the interesting thing that happened was the city of San Jose which is a larger population than San Francisco, a larger population than Oakland, found a great piece of pride that they had a team that was theirs. They had that identity. And suddenly, the Sharks became an incredibly popular team in San Jose and in the Silicon Valley because they're like, yeah, it's our team. They had been trying to get the Giants and the A's and all these different teams to move down to San Jose, and no one would. And the only song ever written about them was Dionne Warwick's song, and she couldn't even find the damn town. 
kept asking for directions. But San Jose was put on the map by a hockey team. In a similar way, Sacramento, San Antonio, and Portland were put on the map by NBA teams. Having that one team that suddenly becomes the identity of the, the, the town and everything, and, and it's, you know, this is our team, this is our squad, Oklahoma City Thunder. You see a bunch of these cities in the world of basketball. But to have a Major League Baseball city in Austin, granted, football is the king in Texas. But look at the, the way that San Antonio has embraced the Spurs. Yeah, it kind of sort of helps that they keep winning the championship. But the Spurs and San Antonio are one and the same in terms of identity. All the Sharks in San Jose. It becomes a point of pride that this is ours. And in a city like Austin, which is growing, which has lots of tech company, lots of tech company money, it's kind of that Willie Nelson, cool blue Texas in the middle of a you know, red ocean, that you have a baseball team. That is Austin's, the Austin Rays, the Austin A's, the Austin Expos, whatever they are, that suddenly you have a team and a city that could potentially embrace a baseball team because it's theirs. And with a lot of people who are transplanted into there, I know a bunch of people have been transplanted into Austin, and a lot of people who are there because they have the great college there, the University of Texas, that this is the combination of things, money, young people, new sense of identity, wanting to settle down in a new community. It could work. Or it could be Arizona. Everyone thought the Phoenix was going to be a great market, and that's not exactly been a raging success story in the desert. But maybe Austin could be different. Now, as it stands right now, they don't even have a minor league team in Austin, Texas. They, the Round Rock Express, which is a AAA team, is about a half-hour drive from Austin, so I suppose that kind of counts. But, you know, they don't have – they have a D-League – team in, in basketball. They have a, uh, a minor league hockey team. Uh, but, you know, this has not been a big hotbed for professional sports or major league sports. But maybe, just may, and of course, you know, they have the Texas Longhorns, which has a, the, the, the stadium for the Texas Longhorns it's, it's 101,000. The baseball stadium that they have at Texas seats about 5,000. So I think that's not quite enough to expand that to a major league park. But, you know, they, they obviously, they have sports fans there. But as Austin is growing and turning into a major city, would this be a place that baseball would say, hey, look it, instead of rounding up the usual suspects, what if we, you know, attached ourselves to a city while it's growing instead of waiting for a city to be perfectly flourished? Maybe Austin, who could fill up the Texas Longhorn Stadium, would embrace a team. Now, how do you break ground there? What do you do there? I mean, it's Texas. I've been to Texas. Do you know one thing Texas has? 
steers. Yes, they have steers. They also have gigantic belt buckles. And as my friend Richie Duncan said, they have a lot of people who wear cowboy hats, and they're not doing it ironically. I find that to be very, very interesting. But the fact of the matter is they also have room. Austin is a, you know, a, a, a growing, thriving city, but there's room. There are places to possibly build. You know, it's, it's, they have a good solid downtown and everything like that, but there is room. There's a lot of room in Texas to build stuff, to try and find a place either in downtown or, you know, in the suburbs or to find a place and make, you know, granted, it's a risk. Because it's not a baseball-crazed city. And you haven't had a major league team in there of any of the major sports. It is a risk. Remember, Tampa Bay was considered once to be such a viable and uh, desirable location that it seemed like every single team in all of baseball was falling over themselves to get themselves into Tampa Bay. And now we wonder if Tampa Bay could even survive in Tampa Bay, and certainly not without a new stadium and a better deal. So, yes, there's an inherent risk of putting a team in Austin, Texas. But let me tell you, cousin, let me tell you, Samson, there's a real possibility that if you get ahead of the curve and you put a team in there, when the money is starting to come in, the population is starting to expand, and there's a sense of excitement to live there, that may be the ride and the crest that you have to get the excitement of a team. A lot of new people move into Austin. A lot of new faces in Austin. And some of those faces are people from, well, let's just say, were not born in America who would kind of like to assimilate to America, kind of like to find the way to be an American and act like an American. And one way a lot of people find a way of doing that is by embracing a local team. Yes, that would mean the University of Texas, but who's it going to be in baseball? Is it going to be Houston? Is it going to be Texas Rangers? Or is it going to be Austin? It's a risk. All the places. Montreal is a risk. Portland, Nashville, Charlotte, they're all risks. A lot of markets look like can't-miss dynamos that maybe not, maybe didn't turn into great success stories. And they have to f solve what's happening. I personally think what's going to happen is that the Oakland Raiders are going to move to Las Vegas and the A's are going to get a new stadium in Oakland. And I think that either the Rays are going to build a new stadium in Tampa Bay, in Tampa proper, or they're going to wind up moving. And if they do move, uh, I would hope it would be to Montreal because they'd be able to keep the Rays franchise in the East. But I do think there's room to expand two more teams to even keep the franchises even, 16 and 16. Eliminate the interleague play as a daily thing and look up and say, hey, here we are in Montreal, Austin, 
Vancouver, Portland, some other place. I'll have to see Vancouver and Portland. I'll have to know where they're going to play in order to really get behind that. But think long and hard about Austin being that team, that major league franchise that is ahead of the curve in a growing city. The reason why we still have a baseball team in Cleveland and in Pittsburgh is because when those leagues were formed, those were the thriving cities. Maybe baseball, if they need to move forward in the 21st century, is to be in a place that's the thriving city of this century instead of two centuries ago. So go to sullybaseball.com, like me on Facebook, Trevor, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Praising Austin, Texas, a city I've never been to, as a particular possible home of Major League Baseball. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. I'm yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.